Hello, and welcome to the Girl Fuel Podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition coach here to help you along your health and fitness journey by providing evidence and experience-based knowledge and full transparency. Today, I am joined by a very special guest who I'm super excited to, to bring to the conversation today, um, Sean. So Sean Jacobs, he and I met um, when I was recommended to work with him from a friend. He is a strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, and just a genius when it comes to the human body and human performance. So I started working with him, I don't know, maybe a year ago now. What do you think, a year? It has been a long head, yeah. I think it has yeah. been a year. A year yeah. ago, um, when I was noticing a big disconnect between, you know, the effort I was putting into the gym, <laughs> lifelong kind of chronic pain issues, and just seeing, you know, the results that I wanted. And he was able to really help me break down a lot of the movements and understand why a lot of the things were going on in my body. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. So I was super excited to have him on today. He coaches both in person here in Tampa and online with his wife, Laura. So we'll definitely give you guys the plugs for all of that. And today we are going to dive into the topic of longevity when it comes to movement, when it comes to your strength, when it comes to your performance. So Sean, I'd love for you to kick us off by telling us what, like, what that means to you. What does longevity mean? Thank you for the great introduction. I, I really hope that I can back up the, the genius label there. I told you to label me whatever, you went hard on that. So thank you. Um, so I, I, I want to piggyback off of one thing that you said when you touched on that we have been investigating the whys behind certain things. And I think that's a really good connection we need to make to longevity. First of all, longevity is, you know, not how long we live. It's how long our health span lasts. And that's a new concept and a buzzword now that, that people are throwing around, but that basically means, <clears throat> excuse me, how long can you make it? Uh, in your life without dealing with chronic issues that start to begin that decline towards death, right? That's the inevitable notion that we all are going to have to deal with. But being able to maintain good health for as long as possible in our life, not just kind of eking along until that final day that we all have, right? Um, and I think understanding the whys behind certain ideas and and how that leads us to find balance in our health and fitness journey is really important. I think wanting to understand the whys behind obstacles that we all face um, is really important and builds a self-awareness that I think is necessary for people really to take responsibility and take control of their health. And that's something that I, I've always had an interest in. And, and the reason why I'm in you know, the current seat that I'm in as a coach is because I was always asking why in my own journey and then those close to me. And then when I would... Uh, go down these rabbit holes with uh, various strength training methodologies, fitness methodologies, you know, buying into some virality on the internet as we all do so often. Um, I wasn't really getting those answers. So the deeper that I dug, um, I started to find some clues that really led me down a path that, you know, we discuss on a daily basis. And I think we're going to dive into in this podcast. Um, and, and longevity really comes down to sustainability and, and consistency when it comes to your health and fitness goals. And the most important piece of that is understanding yourself, understanding your body, having that body awareness, and then constantly showing up to improve those things. 100%. And the showing up 
it's easily the hardest part, right? Especially, I know we both work with a lot of clients that are 30s, 40s, 50s. And I find that's when a lot of these aches and pains start showing up. Things are getting harder. They're not as easy as they used to be. And especially working with a lot of people that used to be athletes or still want to feel like athletes, this is where that concept of longevity being more than just being alive is going to be so important. So Sean, if you have somebody, you know, that comes to you, probably very similar to maybe myself or some of the other clients that I've seen you work with, and, you know, they're struggling with dialing in their movement mechanics, they're struggling with maybe consistency and and feeling their best, where do you usually start with them? I like to start just with discussing their own thought process and their goals, what their experience level is and what their experience has been in the different avenues that they've chosen. Because a lot of times clients will come to me when they have been working out, exercising, have the former athlete experience um, and they're dealing with chronic issues um, or obstacles in the gym and outside the gym that they can't overcome with other practitioners. So it's like, hey, I've already run the gamut of all these other things. Nobody can figure this out. Can you kind of help me? So that's where I, I like to dive a little bit deeper um, into the whys that these things might be coming. And that goes all the way down to something as deep as maybe their breathing pattern, right? And and connecting that with multiple facets of their daily experience of life, not just fitness, and and hopefully show them through a movement assessment, explanations of things that we find along the way, get some buy-in. And then build on that. But but there really has to be an experience level there to be open to those things, to be open to something that's maybe off the beaten path and not the most prominent thing talked about on the Instagram feeds and things like that. And that comes with a little bit of that self-awareness that we were talking about, already kind of being down that path. And and you know, that allows me to go a little further with the movement assessments, talk about our joints and and their connectivity to our diaphragm and things like that while I'm showing them what we're doing and how that applies to their specific case. I like how you always bring it back to that awareness because that really is the biggest thing, especially as we age, we're a little bit less resilient, right? And I know we've joked about this, like, oh my God, I used to train and work out every day. I used to go out and stay out all night and feel fine. But now our nervous system's are probably a little bit more sensitive for a lot of reasons. The aging process, just having more responsibility, having more, you know, years on our joints. So that's where using breathing as a tool to improve our training, which you've taught me, has been a game changer, but also just in nervous system regulation as a whole. So do you want to talk more about what we mean by breathing and what that looks like in the gym, gym and outside of the gym settings? Definitely. And I think it's important to touch on first um, the point that you made about aging, right? And, and it's, you know, if you're talking to a client about nutrition and lifestyle habits and they're, they're in their 30s and their 40s and they're worried about 50s, 60s, not having these issues taking care of themselves now, whatever they're currently dealing with in their 30s and 40s doesn't start in your 30s and 40s. It, it's a cumulative effect of everything we've done up to that point. And so, again, we're thinking about longevity here you know, the the things that we worry about occurring from 50 to 80, right? And that decline, that gap where the health span starts to decline for some of us earlier than others, that's a cumulative effect of everything we do now. So it's really important to look at those small details and to pay attention to those things when it's not necessarily at the forefront of our awareness 
as a chronic issue. So taking action, being proactive. And so I think that's where a, a lot of the pitfalls come in, in in those late 20s, early 30s, when you just start to feel this decline and, and you associate it with just the natural aging process, that can leave you feeling really hopeless. And you're constantly looking for a shortcut or instant gratification to kind of get those things back. But it's important to realize it's taking you that long to get to that point, right? And so you do have to dig a little deeper and you do have to be aware of nervous system regulation and how your habits throughout your whole life and your awareness of the environment around you has affected the way that your your habits and your perceptions affect your movement and your sleep and your emotional awareness on a daily basis. And so that is why I think breathing is so important because it links to all of those things. And that's what I started to figure out in my own journey you know, whether it was just wanting to build my own introspective awareness through meditation and um, breath work or down regulation of my nervous system, just as a personal journey, but also taking progressive mentorships where I was talking to very, very experienced physical therapists and biomechanists who were um, discussing the importance and the main driving factors of our breathing pattern and fluid mechanics in the body. Like we're just we're literally big sacks of guts and pressure and how we manage those things is very important. And that sounds crazy, but you really have to simplify movement down to those working parts to get down to the nitty gritty of, right, well, what can we start to do to make pattern changes? We always talk about exercise as movement patterns, right? And so they started bringing these ideas up of, well, how are you going to manage pressure in your system if you are a large sack of fluids? Well, the only thing that really changes is the air pressure. That's, that's the breathing. That's the, that's the pump pressure system of your diaphragm and your pelvic floor. And a lot of the ideas they were discussing was connecting directly to the Buddhist text that I was reading about these breathing strategies that they had done for 3000 years. And so I'm like, all right, there's, there's a, there's a really huge connectivity here. And there's a lot of research now that's starting to show the connectivity of these things, not just with the biomechanics and emotional regulation, but with nervous system health and how important nervous system health is. And you can talk to specialists from all of these different areas. I was on a call last week with a doctor who specializes in Alzheimer's and dementia prevention. And one of the big topics in that field right now is nitric oxide production from mitochondria. And I had to talk to him on a different level about, all right, well, nasal breathing is the biggest producer of nitric oxide in the human body. And he hadn't made that connection. But that's the same stuff I'm talking to my clients about, about downregulating the nervous system, because we need oxygen in the tissues. We need to get that release of oxygen to downregulate the nervous system, which releases tension in the body and improves your mobility in a set of 10 breaths if you're doing your breathing properly. So it's all of these things that need to come together. And I think we need to continue to talk about it because it's not it's not a crazy viral topic. It's not something that's super expensive and valuable and, and, you know, superficial in any way because it takes work. It takes rewiring your system, but everyone that buys in just a little bit starts to see huge changes in every aspect of their life. And it's not easy to start either. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, like I can just take a couple of deep breaths. That's easy, but it really is, especially being someone, and I know you are too, that's so like, go, 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 always kind of moving, always on to the next thing. It has really helped me slow down, whether I'm coming into the gym and and doing that with you 
or, or doing it at home, it really just brings you kind of back into your body, so to speak, because I feel like we spend so much time up here in our mind overthinking, thinking what's next, um, stressing, having anxiety, and whether, you know, you're breathing as a primer to warm up for your, for your gym session, or you're doing it at home. I like to do it before bed because I don't know about you, but I struggle falling asleep sometimes. My mind is racing. Things are things are happening in there. So by practicing some of these breathing techniques and working on the fluidity of my breath, it helps with sleep. Um, and even at, in our time together too, you know, I've seen a chiropractor for the majority of my adult life, just with a lot of my issues that are very well maintained at this point, partially thanks to Sean. Um, and I talked to him too about everything that we do and how much movement I'm able to get in my spine and how well I'm able to move throughout life, right? Because movement really is all we have. If we can't do things like get up and down off of our chair, get up and down off of the floor, little things like that, get into different positions to to feel like we have the power to navigate life, it's going to be really frustrating and it's going to feel really hard. And then the harder it is, the less we do it. So that's where, you know, if if somebody is feeling really overwhelmed with, you know, maybe where to start with their with their nutrition and fitness routine, mostly fitness, and for example, maybe somebody took a long time off from training because they were dealing with health issues, they were dealing with family issues, whatever it is, how can we bring that awareness back into the body with breathing to get them, help them get back into the gym? That's a really good question. Um, I think I think challenging the status quo of our perceptions of what it means to be fit and also what it means to get workouts in is very important first step. Um, and I hate to say it, but a lot of times it takes a chronic issue or it takes an injury or it takes something like that for people to realize that the patterns that they have been performing with their whole life is not sustainable. And so a lot of times, you know, if there was something that caused that hiccup, then it opens the door for, you know, that, that Einstein quote where, you know, insanity is the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but ex expecting a different result. There has to be a jolt to our psyche for us to realize that something has to change because people don't like change. Change happens around us all the time and you actually create more suffering by fighting, right? So uh, it's really important to allow people to feel okay and, and allow yourself to feel okay with not being 100% perfect, not being, you know, hyperproductive all the time. It kind of goes back to what you were saying, how, how, how important it is to slow down and downregulate the nervous system. Helping people realize, even if you are sedentary, how overdriven your nervous system could be based on your lifestyle and, and how important that is for stiff joints and stiff muscles and discomfort in your back and your neck and things like that and how that's a necessary first step so feeling more comfortable in your body is a great first step for becoming more comfortable with that with activity because if you feel bad while you're doing it you're not going to want to do it right so, so how can we make this the most comfortable for you and also feel a little bit more in tune with that there is a possibility that there's a more sustainable way of training out there, right? And so challenging people in new positions and new strategies, even just doing floor work, right? Breathing, breathing during exercise isn't just laying down and taking deep breaths. Yes, that's a piece of it. And yes, that's a necessary piece of the puzzle for the education of how we're going to execute some of the other things we do. But I think it's really important to mention that 
how we've gotten you to feel this way has been very little stretching, right? There might be yeah. a little bit of like, all right, we need to really kind of open this up. But a lot of that's been through positional awareness, the strategies of how we're breathing that we talk about, and then the movement patterns that we do it. How do we set up for those things? And all of those pieces are kind of forgotten when people are rushing through their sessions and they are, they're not body aware. They are dissociating because they're thinking about what they got to pick up at the grocery store or their next business call. And that, and that's a testament to how important it is to be aware of your body responding with the nervous system, right? Because how you adapt to your training session sessions is, is basically how well you recover. And that's another buzzword that everybody's, you know, kind of it's overblown, but I think the important notion is you don't need external things like supplements and ice baths and saunas and red light therapy all those things are great right we could talk about the validity of all those things those are external things you have to pay for what about getting some sunlight in the morning and doing some breath work learning how to down regulate your nervous system in a way that loosens up your body so you have to warm up for less time during your workout session and now it becomes more productive right so um you know it's not the standard stretching single joint mobility drills, lifting as heavy weight as possible. I'm crawling out of the gym because I need my heart rate to be as high as possible. Okay, now it was productive. So the first step to take that tangent all the way around to answer your question, the first step is changing the way they perceive fitness. And sometimes it can be just showing them that they can't relax. Laying on the ground and asking them to breathe a certain way and having them feel the way their body responds. I can't hold my breath. I can't slow down my exhale. I can't extend my exhale. Notice how flared your ribs are. I can't feel my abs at all. I can't let go of my abs, right? Little things. Asking them to do little tasks that they would never think are connected to the big picture. Having them experience that and then slowly connecting it to exactly what they're experiencing on a macro level on their daily basis. And then having them go home, feel that awareness, and then use this stuff that we talked about during our session to have a better night's rest, to wake up feeling more refreshed, to be able to do a workout without knee pain or without back pain, or going through, I mean, like our session yesterday where we're like, you know, are we going to give up on this session because you're not feeling as good as you did the session before? No, let's keep going. And again, you're learning that there are ways to manipulate these ideas to get more out of it. We change the drill. You're like, oh my God, I feel everything opening up right now. This is perfect. So glad we did this. And now you're able to get more out of your strength training sessions because you're a little more aware on a next level of how to get yourself in those positions, right? So that you can keep those feelings of almost fear to a certain extent of, of those, uh, those painful sensations creeping up on you. You feel a little bit more empowered. That's how you change someone's perception on what it feels like to move well and really train for longevity. That could be a mic drop right there, but we're going to keep going. Um, and I was very impressed <laughs> I that you remember. I told you I'm not concise. So there we go. No, that was amazing. I'm honestly impressed you remembered the question because I feel like I never do. I'll like go in circles and circles and be like, what? No, I don't. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You're That's good. It. I'm impressed. <laughs> but I really like the concept of, you know, redefining what fit and fitness means to you. And I think as we age, as we grow, we're going to have to redefine it so many different times. I know I already have, and especially in this last year, in part working with you, I've really had to redefine what it means to push my body. You know, coming from a background of 
exercising seven days a week, training for half marathons, and then competing in bodybuilding shows, it's not that I can't push my body like that anymore. Well, I guess I can't because I will not reap the benefit that I thought I had before, right? Because my body is different now and that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think though, a lot of women that I work with, they deal with hormone and gut issues. And during those those healing periods, they may have to pull back on exercise. It may be a little bit harder to get in the gym because energy is low. They're not feeling great. So that's where instead of completely avoiding it, redefining what that movement, and I like to reframe it from exercise to movement a lot of times too. So that way it doesn't feel so intimidating to say, okay, you know, I have to exercise today. I'm going to get in the gym. You don't, you just have to move your body. And that doesn't have to mean the same thing every day or for every person, but that's, that's definitely a good place to start is just redefining what it means now versus maybe what it meant five, 10 years ago and how you can meet your body in the middle. Yep. And then to, to, to add on to that, something I was thinking about the other day, uh, when I was running and, and running is something I did for years as track athlete in college and then took a bunch of time off as a lot of former athletes do. Right. And then I realized I couldn't run anymore. So a big focus of my training was how do I get back to feeling that power and that, that feeling of empowerment of a skill that I love to do so much, just getting up and going for a jog was painful. And I was like, I was so sore from just running around the block. And so that's become a big focus in my training now is getting back to having some semblance of athleticism. And I was jogging and I was thinking about how, how, how almost meaningless the individual session itself becomes. And if you can attach yourself to the compounding interest effect of continuing to show up and doing the little things every day and how wealthy you become in the sense of like having a baseline health level or a health line that will continue to bring that health span longer and longer. That is what we have to start to attach ourselves to. Yes. Muscle as much muscle as possible. It is a great goal to have, but it can't be at the expense of your joints or it can't be at the expense of your hormones or it can't be at the expense of your nervous system. Right. And so we got to find that balance. And so the compounding effect of like, all right, every single workout that you do is just like a penny in a, in a, in a coin jar. And that's nothing, dude. When's the last time you actually like picked a penny off the ground and thought that's value, right? You don't think about that at all. But if that compounding interest of stacking pennies and the interest that you build by being consistent and, and the, the physiological changes that happen over the course of you just continuing to show up, you build wealth, right? If you, if I, I know there's a, an analogy of like, you know, if you started saving a penny a day and then you've got an X amount of interest on, you could end up with millions. I don't know how to, you know, I'm not good at that. So you get what I'm trying to say. Yes. But, but, the, but the main idea is that it's almost empowering to think, okay, the worth of this individual session is just a penny. So if I can't go 100%, it doesn't mean I just throw it away because the, I'm going to lose the day of building that interest. I just show up and I get it done. And then a year or two later, you know, like for me with the run, I was like, I would never be running at this pace pain-free and be able to wake up the next morning and do the same thing without a warm-up. And I'm almost 40. And I said that yesterday and you were like, what, you're almost 40? Oh my God. I was like, listen, don't do that. But yes. And so that's, you have to put the pennies in the bank and then also realize that the penny is, is has more value than it than you think it does. 
but that doesn't strap you to needing to be perfect. Just get something in. And you are, you have experienced that of being like, I used to not go to the gym if it wasn't going to be a great session and I wasn't banging weights or I would have some shame of not going as hard as I could and I'm, I'm letting myself down. And then you realize, well, if I go, I'm just going to go and get some movement in. And then you have having a session. And even though it was probably 80% of what you could have done if you went full throttle, you felt great. And it also kept your pain at bay for longer because you're, you're implementing these new ideas and you're paying attention to how your body responds and the nervous system regulation and things like that. All these pieces come together, but it takes time. And that's the number one thing that I think derails people with that sustainability is just continuing to show up and knowing it's okay for things not to be perfect. I really like that, that penny analogy. And I really hope that that's something that people will take home. And then especially if you are someone that like your love language is like rewards for what you do, start your damn penny jar. Like who says you can't just do that or even just like, like spreadsheet check mark or, or to do list check mark with every time yeah. you do something. And I think that's really important to harp on is that not every time you enter the gym or every time you go out to run or every time you do any sort of movement that you're focusing on, it's not going to be good. Not every time you're going to have sessions where you go in and you're like, I'm just not feeling it. And it may feel like you're going through the motions a little bit, but odds are getting yourself there and doing it, you're going to feel a lot better than if you hadn't, not to mention like the dopamine, the hormone reactions that'll, that'll happen, but Odds are, if you are able to go in and adapt your session and spend less time blaming your body for feeling off and just be like, okay, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. I'm going to pivot and I'm going to adjust. Maybe I won't do this movement and I'll substitute this. Maybe you need a little bit of a longer warm up. Maybe you just go to the gym and you walk 20 minutes and then you leave because you don't have anything else in you that day. That is what it's all about is continuing to show up for yourself, even when you feel like crap, because I've definitely been one, like Sean said. When I've had days and weeks at a time where I felt horrible because I was in pain, I was just really tired, exhausted, whatever it was. And then the longer I went without actually showing up for myself in an active way, the worse I felt and the harder it was. So even if you are, you know, just easing back into the gym or trying to figure out what that like new definition of exercise and fitness is for you, all you have to do is show up. So something that I do, and can you hear that loud ass noise outside my window? No. Oh my God. They're like power washing the, the wall like right behind sure. me right now I'm I like, can't hear anything no I wow. can't hear anything that's, that's crazy. awesome that is crazy <laughs> um anyway but if you're someone that like struggles to get yourself to the gym because I know I struggle with this from time to time to just get out the door something that I tell myself is you just have to move for 10 minutes so if I get to the gym then I always start with like a dynamic warm-up and some some mobility drills foam rolling if I get to the gym and that's all I want to do, that's fine. I can leave after that. But usually once my playlist is on, I'm moving, I'm good to go. And then I can progress into my training plan. And that's where having a training plan that is, that does make sense for your goals and your physical abilities at this time is also going to be really important. Yep. Yep. I, and I think it's important too. And this is where all the nuance comes in with your experience level with fitness and, and not being so fixated to a very specific plan, even though guidance is very important, we get, we get so fixated on what's the right thing to do. Well, that's different for everyone. And that also means little things like off days don't necessarily mean I'm allowed to be 100% sedentary, right? So like, it's almost like an off switch. And I'm guilty of that sometimes too. I'm taking the gym off today. I'm just chilling and I got no steps in and I, definitely didn't feel as though I recovered as well as I could have if I got a little bit of movement, right? Like movement daily is very important. 
And that you said it earlier when you said, I like to say it's movement versus exercise, because if you're just focused on exercise, you're working out, you're trained, strength training, exercising three days a week. And then your brain shuts off as far as the movement paradigm goes and you do nothing or you sit at your desk working for the other four days of the week. And I'm not going to say it's going to negate your progress of that building of longevity, but where are your pennies for those other four days, right? Like you're still not building the interest of having those aerobic benefits and some mitochondrial changes just from walking on the block, getting away from your computer screen and getting some panoramic view, which we know taps into that parasympathetic nervous system. Little things like that, those daily habits really add up and are pennies as well, not just pounding the weights. And that's really important to think about too. And, and if you can understand that, then the ability to get into the gym and do exactly what you just described, it, it becomes more powerful and becomes more doable. It's easier for you to get over the hump of that. Today's an off day. I don't need to do anything. Go ride your bike in the park. That's great exercise. Nasal breathe while you do it. Look at the birds. Listen to your favorite song. Or just don't listen to anything at all. And that's something I have trouble with. I'm listening to music 24-7. Silence is okay, too. Right? Stillness is really hard to practice. And that the breath work has really helped me with that. Because I find when I'm like counting my breath or counting my exhale, I can't think about anything else. So whether it is during a set, whether it is while I'm slowly getting back into jogging as well, and it is a very slow process right now, or I'm literally laying in bed trying to go to sleep, counting my breath is one thing that has been very helpful for me to slow down. I don't know. I know you've mentioned med meditation earlier. I have a very hard time with it because I get distracted or if I'm listening to one, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is just annoying. Like I can't listen to this anymore. But breathwork has been that like one game changer. And I know you have that whole masterclass on it. So we'll definitely, you know, link that in the show notes so people can can dive in deeper if they if they need to. Um, but if somebody, you know, kind of one wrap up question here, if somebody is wanting to to focus on their breathwork a little bit more, what is, you know, one starting tip that you'll have for them? Um, I think it's I think it's really powerful for people to see how connected breathing is to every aspect of our lives. And that's the reason why I created the master masterclass. And, and all it is, is, you know, me discussing my own journey, but then all of the, the research and the history that backs up the notion that it's connected to our, our full body, you know, all of the systems in our body and how it's connected to try to empower people with the thought process that like just focusing on something as simple as counting my breaths can bring awareness and bringing awareness can change my body physically through mobility like we do in our training sessions, psychologically through, you know, emotional regulation and stress and anxiety, which is running rampant in our culture right now. And obviously over, over regular, uh, not being able to downregulate our nervous systems over, over stimulation, 24 seven lack of being able to slow down, but then also physiologically when it comes to the the slow development of chronic issues Remember we talked about the cumulative effect chronic issues later in life or things you're starting to see now they don't start now or they did they, they started way back and you can kind of slowly start to reverse that by changing habits that you do most like breathing twenty thousand times a day if you start to change that your body will physiologically start to adapt you'll have more oxygen in your system there'll be better blood flow There'll be better detox from the brain. If you're interested in learning about all those things, it becomes really motivating to try to say, well, well, how can I make changes? So checking out that masterclass is a good 
a good first step because these are all ideas I was trying to tell my clients. And I think everyone should know because it's free information. But because it's free and because it's, there's no viral concepts, right? It, no one pays attention to it. So I highly recommend everyone start there in that, in the, that masterclass. Um, I discuss some very basic breathing exercises and just things to try. I also have sample breathing uh, programs as well as like fundamental movement programs that kind of starts to help um, someone who's new to this realm connect breathing to movement and mobility and just start to experience what it feels like to slow down and be aware um, and just build the body awareness like we talked about. But then also anybody that's in the Tampa area, I, I know that experiencing these things in real time, you know, in a group setting and, you know, learning about it, but also executing these ideas is, is very important and something a lot of people have asked for. So I'm doing workshops in 2024. I'm going to do one every couple months starting in February. So February 10th, that's a Saturday. We'll go for a couple hours. We'll see how it goes the first time we're doing it. So just going to have 10 people into the gym. We're going to talk about some cool concepts try to connect the dots for a lot of people, but you know, every once in a while we're going to stop and roll through some drills that help connect the dots and hopefully give people a reason to say, I can go slower. I can slow down. And then back to what you were just saying, why can't I count my, my breaths? Why can't I slow down my heart rate? What's going on? Challenge your perceptions of what it means like to truly relax. Right. And is your perception of being relaxed or not real? Is that reality for you? Right. And then that's really what meditation becomes is just when you're when your body and your mind drifts away or when you're working with your trainer and he asks you to count your reps. I have a lot of clients who are like, I just can't, can't count my reps. So it's like, well, why can't you? Why can't you pull into the focus of what's happening here and build a rhythm with the movement to count the reps? I don't mind counting. But is that a, is that a sign that you're dissociating in a way that's not allowing you to get the most out of this session while also down-regulating your nervous system. Because like you said, when you're counting, you can't focus on anything else. You have to be in the moment. And that's something that we're all trying to do on a regular basis, be more present. So starting with the masterclass is a great, is a great um, step in the right direction. Trying to get some daily breath work in, even if it's just something as simple as doing some box breathing and, and, and counting your breaths and just seeing how your body responds. And being okay without response, not expecting your you to be able to count or for your mind to be quiet, because that's not the point, right? You can't quiet your mind unless you count your breaths. Well, that's why breathing and meditation go so well together, right? Because you focusing on those sensations or even counting is how you pull yourself back into the moment. And then that awareness transfers directly to how effective your training sessions are, in my opinion. And so that's how you build. Start with just, can I take some quiet breaths? And then how do I feel about that? And just start to build that awareness and being comfortable in stillness and sitting with how your body feels. Just start, even if it's 30 seconds, right? I mean, a lot of times these adding Apple Watches probably happen too, but Garmin has pre-programmed breathing exercises on it where it literally tells you when to breathe counts for you i know aura ring has the same thing my fitbit does tons of yeah tons of meditation apps out there and there are tons of videos on youtube rightfully so with what you said there's a lot of annoying voices out there but find you know a relaxing deepak chopra one where he's got the most mellow voice ever and he's just taking you through it and just relax for a little bit so it's just it's really important to learn how to downregulate your nervous system, and that can be very empowering because now you feel like you have control over a system 
that sometimes with, with as flushed with anxiety as a lot of us become, we feel powerless. And that alone is a superpower. That's why the masterclass is called the forgotten superpower, because literally you start to be able to manipulate the way that your body responds to an external environment that gives you power back, brings it back to you. Right. I think that's very important. So that's a great place to start. It really does. And it, it impacts everything. It impacts your training. It impacts your sleep. It impacts your digestion and your hormones. Like there's nothing that slowing down and taking some breaths won't help. And when, when Sean talks about just start breathing, typically, at least what we will, will do in our sessions is we'll breathe in through our nose, nice and slow count while you do it. Very gentle breath. And then you'll breathe out through your mouth, making almost like an, an O, like you're blowing through a straw. And with the exhale, you're going to want to go slow. You don't want to just like exhale as fast as you can. Go slow and count. And then just keep, if you're competitive, especially, try to keep beating yourself. How long can you exhale for without gasping for breath, right? And I, you'll find the longer that you do it, the more that you practice, the easier it'll become to do in just like a normal resting state. But then you'll also find it rolling over into so many other places. When you're feeling anxious, when your kids are throwing things, when you're in the gym, when you're when you're doing a hard exercise, I've noticed it roll over in so many ways. And it's resulted for me personally in better posture. I don't arch my back nearly as much, resulting in back pain and knee pain and neck pain. Um, I'm able to actually calm down when I'm anxious in the morning. And it's just, it's just one of those things that it's for you to do, right? So if there's one thing that you can kind of start with to manage your stress, and even if you're like, Haley, I'm not stressed, do it anyway. Just try it. Do it anyway. Because you probably are. You probably are stressed. You even though, are. even though you even though you're so used to that nervous system state being high, your body might be sensing that you are. Are you being chased by a lion? No. But your body might be acting as though and reacting as though it is. And it's very important to understand, kind of like Haley was saying, that the your breathing pattern if you're trying to downregulate your nervous system obviously there's very there's there's a lot of different breathing strategies but the 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 nose being super passive like she described is very important and the first step in learning how to breathe better is just learning how to let the body do it on its own and as passively as possible so when you're inhaling you shouldn't really feel as though you're inhaling and then when you're exhaling it should be very relaxed Haley, for you specifically in your body type, that's why I give you the the straw analogy when you're exhaling. But for most people, it's actually the opposite. So so we won't go into the details, but the shape of Haley's rib cage means that her body type will lead her to a different strategy than most people. Most people are the other type of rib cage. We don't need to go into that those details. But or I'd say maybe 75% of the population, it should be an open mouth, relaxing exhale where you release tension, almost like you're fogging a mirror. Yeah. So very, 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 very passive. And that's not one of the main things that we have to talk to most people about is they're so focused on being productive is that it becomes a, and then you're just creating residual tension, right? So let go of your body tension. So the challenge is, can you inhale slow enough to where you even really are questioning whether or not you're inhaling? And then can you exhale in a way that you actually feel like you're melting like a candle? That's a great place to start. Awesome. 
Sweet. Well, thank you, Sean. That was that was super helpful. I feel like I learned cool. a lot. I always love chatting with you. Um, and I hope everybody else will will think so too. So if you like this episode, subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. And if you want to connect with Sean, I will leave all of his information in the show notes. And until next time, thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks so much, Haley. Thanks, guys.